Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Westchester, New York, USA, Mr. Savio Clementi. Savio, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. I'm so excited to begin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Savio is a board-certified wellness coach. He's a journalist, a best-selling author, and a podcaster. Savio is a coach to cancer survivors to overcome the confusion and gain the clarity needed to get busy living in mind, body, and spirit. And just before we started recording, Savio told me that he was born in Mumbai and his parents are from Goa. So Savio, before we start talking about coaching cancer survivors, tell me about your own journey in brief. Um, so my journey in brief is uh, I was uh, born in Mumbai, India. I came to the States when I was three years old and we lived in a different part of Westchester County, not the one I currently live in. Mm-hmm. Um, life was seemingly good. And then I always knew that my life was more urban setting. So I went to college in the city, in New York City. Uh, and then I lived in the city for many, many years in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and my background was IT. I had an uh, information systems, business administration background. Things were pretty good. Mm. Um, I uh, was very good behind the scenes, project management, things of that nature. Mm. Um, but then in 2014 of July, uh, cancer hit my world. Uh, my stomach started getting distended. Um, and um, I saw uh, my doctor and he's like, let's get a sonogram. We did. And they rushed me to the hospital. They told me I had stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, wow. um, which was pretty dire. And they admitted me to the seventh floor, which they call the cancer floor. So I had an inkling that I had cancer. Um, and then they announced that it was, in fact, that diagnosis. I did a bone marrow aspiration. Thankfully, it didn't reach any um, any dangerous levels in my you know uh, cerebral um, area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I just knew after... I'm someone who's just, I grew up Catholic, but I'm someone who's just been very open to um, learning spirituality mm-hmm. and just knowledge and wisdom in general. And so I just knew for myself with the diagnosis that I would do conventional treatments, which they recommended six rounds of chemo. It's called mm-hmm. art chop therapy. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that I wanted to do a whole host of uh, integrated modalities. So I was living a very holistic life to some degree uh, before cancer. And so my story goes that I did a combination of both the chemo and holistic uh, modalities. Mm -hmm. And I was able to beat the diagnosis in four and a half months. And I've been in in remission now eight years. This past December has been eight years. Amazing. That's fantastic. That's really fantastic. And I wish you continued good health. Uh, So Savio, let's talk about uh, cancer, you know, and, and, uh, I have lost two very, very dear people, my middle brother's wife, when she was 43 to cancer, and my youngest brother, when he was 48 to cancer. So uh, I'm really going looking forward to my conversation with you. My first question to you is that what are some of the common challenges that cancer survivors face? And how do you help them overcome those challenges? Yeah, you know, as a journalist who covers the wellness lifestyle space, I actually interviewed at this point 200 cancer survivors. Mm. And with my story and the stories of others, I really come to found a, a key, a few key elements. One is you have a support team when you're in cancer, when you actually have cancer, you have your oncologist, you have your doctors, you have your hematologist if it's a blood cancer, 
you have your nurses, you have the scheduled, you have teams. And then once you become a survivor, which is an amazing thing, believe me, I've been in remission for eight years, Mm -hmm. you lose all that. And then you figure out and you think to yourself, well, where did my team go? How come no one's checking in on me? Yes, you see your doctors maybe once a year or every six months, but it's not the same. So that's definitely a, a number one challenge. Second one, obviously, is the most um, it's it's the most prevalent one, which is the fear of recurrence. Is this cancer going to come back? Should I not be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I overextend myself, overexert myself? You you feel and fall into that fear based um, feeling and that mindset, which is very debilitating. Then, of course, it's the other common, which is the survivor's guilt. Like Mm. you said, you lost family members to cancer. I lost many family members and also friends to cancer. And then you think to yourself, well, why me? Why am I still here? And they're gone. And that's a very hard thing to come to terms with. But through my coaching, because I coach cancer survivors, we've come to um, sort of realize to ourselves that we're here for a reason. This is a second chance to some degree. And we need to make the most out of that situation. Mm. But the other thing, which is really fascinating, which I found is, and which is, which is where my work has taken me as well, is not only to overcome the obstacles with what I mentioned, but also to gain the clarity. Because I think clarity is what's lost when you, because there's life before cancer and there's life after cancer. And so what I do with my clients is we actually figure out what their superpower is. What is it that made them resilient? What is it that made them overcome? What it is that what is it that made them feel like they could um, tackle this issue and this problem? And then from that, we cultivate some type of um, uh, you know media uh, interest for them to tell their story, either in a mm-hmm. book form or a podcast form, uh, or even um, uh, you know some other uh, creative medium. And so for me, it's really allowing cancer survivors to dig deep within themselves. So I'm trained in embodiment. So I use a a, a thing called mind-body approach, which is really the head, heart, and gut. And that those have residence, they have consciousness, they actually tell us things if we're able to sit within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of the work that I do with cancer survivors. Amazing, amazing. And you know, Savi, you just spoke about, uh, you know, soon after you come out of, uh, or you, are, you go into remission, there's a lot of your support system that goes away. How important is it for a cancer survivor to have a support system? Mm-hmm. So I can speak it from both levels. So from my own personal level, to be honest with you, I've just, my personality type is I have a challenge in front of me and I'm the only one who can face the challenge, Mm. but that's my story. Mm. In many of the cancer survivors that that I've interviewed now at this point, 200, um, they need that. They need the family. I don't have kids. They need that. They need their friends. They need rallying. They need support. They need cheerleading. Uh, And that's very important because what it ends up doing it, it allows you to live not only for yourself, but live in the eyes of others. People Mm -hmm. then from that see your resiliency, your strength, and they can then cheer you on and and comfort you. But Mm -hmm. also what's important with that support system is when you're in treatment, sometimes you go to your appointment and it's a a dizziness of information. It's just Mm -hmm. so much. And your support team can then write down and be a scribe to what your doctor is telling you that you should do. And then also for them, they feel like, well, I don't want to burden them by talking about their cancer or talking about their remission. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing I can do to help them in that process. So it really cultivates not only um, connection, but it also cultivates this idea of you being okay with being vulnerable and them being okay with taking care of you in that sense as well. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, 
you know, when I was preparing to talk to you, it was interesting. You you talk about three brains. So tell me, how do you harness the three brains and access the seven energy centers? And I'm assuming these seven energy centers are the seven chakras. Yes, absolutely. I basically made them as simple as possible and called them seven energy centers. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they are the chakras, right? So they're the emotional, the physical, the mental, the soul, the spiritual, the astral. Those are things. Those are things here um, that people don't really talk about. And I wanted them to understand that it is about balancing it, but it's also about actually going through it and unearthing mm. what's in those particular areas. So mm. in my three-month coaching program, we actually delve into each one of those in every coaching session. Mm. Um, and then I do a media mentorship as well with them. But you know, the key here element is not to be fixated on what it is you want to gain from that experience or what it is you want to unearth from that particular chakra or that particular area uh, of the body or the energy system. But it's really about to glean, well, what can that do to then give you and bolster your ability to overcome whatever that overcoming is for you, whatever you're facing, whatever problem and challenge is. And so the three brains are sort of my, I'm, uh, I have at this point, eight certifications in different fields. I'm board certified as well. Um, and so for me is really learning that the head, mm -hmm. the heart and the gut has a level of knowingness. Correct. We just have to tap into it and be quiet and still within it. Mm -hmm. But also there's a methodology to it. Mm -hmm. So really the uh, people assume that the head, right? Our mind is really the most active, but mm -hmm. really the heart is the really core of the resonance of why we make decisions in the world. We mm -hmm. make decisions to buy brands, not because we think it's a good idea because we feel it's a good idea right. because it makes us feel a certain way. So usually the premise goes with my coaching is we go from the heart to the head, then to the gut, then back to the heart, then back to the head. So mm. it's a combination of using um, prompts. It's a combination of being really uh, super um, quiet with the, you know, uh, with the self in general, mm. and also using things like embodiment, using the body, the soma, the body as a resource and using uh, different uh, uh, fields of, um, of interest as well. Well said, well said. My next question, Yusavio, is that, you know, you help survivors cope with the emotional impact of cancer, such as anxiety, depression, and fear of recurrence, using what you term as the DLBCL, cancer recovery. Tell me a little more about this. Yeah. So my DLBCL is diffuse large B cell lymphoma. It's the official word of my cancer. It was stage three. Uh, and so for me, when I got that, I had no idea what that even was before. So I in the hospital, I was hospital for 15 days. And I basically created a Google alert, mm -hmm. anything relating to DBLLC, like anything relating to whether it was good stories, articles, videos, I wanted to just know as much as I could about the mm -hmm. cancer, because I believe if you don't know who your enemy is, at this point, cancer was my enemy, then you don't know how to overcome it. There's mm -hmm. no way that you can even go past it or, or, or even navigate ar around it. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't rely on, on a support system, I took it all on myself. I focused like a laser beam mm -hmm. on this. Uh, and I said, if I created this, right, people have different belief systems when it comes to any disease in, in their life, mm -hmm. whether it's it's cause and effect, karma, what, whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. if I created it or somehow, um, let's say, fear or manifested or whatever the case may be, and that's controversial topics, I'm the only one who can overcome it. I'm the only one who can 
navigate around it. No one mm. else could do it for me. Yeah, the doctors can help you with medicine and all that, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are ourselves the only mm. ones who can who can mm. do that. Mm. And so for me, it's really about establishing, well, what is it that you're trying to fight? What is it that you're trying to um, uh, overcome? What is it that you're trying to uh, navigate around? Mm. Interesting. And uh, what are some of the lifestyle changes that cancer survivors can make to improve their own physical and mental health? Yeah, so I think a lot of them are are still under this idea that they cannot express their full selves because mm. if they do, then life is going to snatch it away from them mm. and they're going to mm. be in, in treatment again, which unfortunately has happened to two friends. One of them is seven years in remission and the other one was like three years in remission, mm. unfortunately. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, we have a choice. And that choice is to live by our truth and to Correct. live by the, the the second chance that we have. Mm. And to also establish parameters, like establish good height, like mental hygiene, figure out for yourself, what is it that makes you happy? What is it that makes you fulfilled? What is it that you can do in the moment mm. to uh, cultivate a very strong um, uh, resilient lifestyle. And then also to do things that make you happy. Like Mm. it doesn't always have to be a burdensome. You don't always have to label yourself a cancer survivor. That's great that you are, you have that badge, but it doesn't always have to be uh, so downtrodden. Mm. You can actually create a a more fulfilling life. And that's what I do with my coaching clients. We say, okay, this horrible thing happened to you now. Mm. So now, now what do you want to do? How do you want to tell your story Mm. in what form and what format um, whether that's an article or whether that's a podcast or whether that's a best-selling book, what is it that you want to create for yourself? Because we somehow overcame that. So we have something that we need to share. People Correct. can learn from our experience from that. So. Mm, well said. And, you know, a little while ago, you did speak about survivorship guilt. Um, how do you address survivorship guilt and the feeling uh, of being a burden to loved ones? Mm, that's a tough one. So let me t- let me tackle that first question. Mm. Survivorship guilt is um is really I think coming to a level of honesty with yourself and saying to yourself, okay, well, no one knows why you know it, the 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 question everyone philosophizes why we're all here as, as humans on this planet, mm. and there's many schools of thought of why we're here, and mm. I'm not here to negate any of those things. I'm just here to say shit happens in our life. Sometimes we can't control when it happens. Correct. We can only control our response to it. So the key is somehow, some way, you are able to live, still be here mm. in the world. I call it a bridge. I saw myself on a bridge, and the bridge was death mm. or life. I was stage three, so it was it it, it was a really serious diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so I think it's really um, coming to terms with both. You can live in both. You can live mm. in the nebulous uncertainty and you can live in the thriving living doing and being mm. and you have to come to terms with having both those and in in balance so i think that's mm. really the number one key um and the second one that you mentioned really sort of this idea of um just coming to terms with yourself in the world mm. um you know we all have labels i mean i could name several labels that people have thrown on me that i've ascribed to myself mm. um but you can then turn that label into something that can inspire other people. And that's mm-hmm. where the idea of a story comes into place because you can tell people you're a cancer survivor, but you can say as a cancer survivor, I've also done these things to not only improve my life, but to help improve the lives of others going through what they're going through at the moment. Wonderful. Great response. Thank you. Um, 
One more question on cancer, then I have a few questions for you as a coach. Uh, what advice would you give, Savio, to someone who has recently been diagnosed with cancer and is feeling completely overwhelmed? Yeah. So there's a few individuals in my field. Like I have a friend who's a cancer doula. She actually helps individuals in the moment. Mm -hmm. But as a someone who's come to the other side, and people ask me all the time, they're like, so you're saying you would never can uh, coach a cancer patient? I'm like, no, that's not it. It's just my my particular superpower or my particular niche in life is really allowing individuals to be where they are and to see that vision for themselves. What is it that you want to create? That's where my vision is. Right. But if you're asking me, if I actually, someone that I knew right now told me that, I would say you need to first assess yourself, hmm. like go deep within yourself and figure out for yourself. Okay. Hmm. Like what I did is this. So when I was told I had cancer, I was in the hospital bed. And I don't know if you ever saw the movie, um, the little Buddha with mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves. And there's a scene in that, in, uh, in that, um, in that movie. And I always tell this story because it's such a resonant story for me mm -hmm. where um, uh, Siddhartha, which is the, uh, the Buddha is meditating. Mm -hmm. He's given up all his earthly possessions living on one grain of rice, or maybe mm -hmm. not even, mm -hmm. and he's meditating with two other ascetics mm -hmm. and he, he overhears people, two individuals on a fishing boat. And one of them says, they have an instrument. One of them says, if you have the instrument and it's mm. too loose, it won't play. Mm. If it's too tight, it's going to snap. The way is the middle way. Yeah. And so what I always tell people and what I've done to myself is, okay, your physical body has cancer. Mm. There's no doubt about it. And you need to go into treatment, whatever that treatment uh, modality is for you. Mm. But there's other parts of you. There's that emotional piece of you. There's that vibrational piece of you. What is? What are you sensing and feeling from other people? Mm. There's that you know, there's that mental uh, piece of you. There's that spiritual piece of you, which is powerful. There's mm. that soul piece of you. And there's that astral, the dreams that we have in life. And so for me, I would say to them, assess self first, mm -hmm. then cultivate a support team, whether that's friends or family, even if it's one or two individuals, cultivate mm. them, tell them you need their help in some way. Mm. They're guaranteed they're willing to help you. They just don't know how to help you. Mm. So that's number two. And number three, what I always tell individuals is, you need to have a dialogue with yourself. Like mm -hmm. you need to compartmentalize yourself to a degree. Because right. what I did is I saw Savio as the one with cancer mm -hmm. and Savio is the one who wants to create and fulfill these dreams of my life. Mm -hmm. Well said. So Savio, let's talk. I've got a few questions for you on coaching. Uh, my next question to you is that given your own rich experiences as a human being or your challenges as a cancer survivor, uh, your, you know, amazing diversity in your own life. How has your background supported your coaching philosophy, your style and your values? Actually, it's a beautiful question. Thank you for asking that. It's actually, you know, they say life is lived when mm. we go through the motions, but when we can actually reflect back, we see the connections and I see the connections. I mean, my ability in IT and project management to actually figure out how systems work and to synthesize that was mm. perfect. My seeking and longing for, even though I grew up Catholic, I was an altar boy for <laughs> in elementary school, mm. um, showed me that I could understand and realize that at the end of the day, whether whatever, whomever you believe in, we all come back to the same, mm. which is this cultivation of the human connection and our, our, our appreciation and our love for something greater than ourselves, whatever we call that, mm. uh, Allah, God, Buddha, whatever mm. that is. 
um, to many people, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also think to certain degree, my work, so I worked with brands. Um, I did um, uh, brand activation, mm-hmm. really made me understand how people buy and what people really want and think as resonant. Mm-hmm. And then of course, my cancer survivorship, which mm-hmm. I promised myself if I hit five years, never a guarantee, but if you have five years, it's less likely to occur that I would do something with it. To be honest with you, Ashutosh, I had no idea it would be a coach. I had no idea that I would do a podcast. I had no idea that I would do a best-selling book that, because basically the book was 35 of the cancer survivor stories of the 200. Mm-hmm. And I told my own story and I had no idea that my journalist background would allow me to then tell the stories of cancer survivors, but also tell the story. Uh, so I have several series running uh, with resilience, mm-hmm. the fear of failure, um, being stress-proof, longevity. Those are the type of interview series. At this point, I have over two, uh, 1,200 articles on those particular topics as well, which you can find from my website, which is thehumanresolve.com, mm-hmm. which I called it specifically because I really believe in the resolve we have as humans to face mm-hmm. uh, and to navigate and eventually to overcome those challenges mm-hmm. in our life. Because whatever the cause of the effect is, we can create a new uh, a new reality if we just if we just really focus and try. Amazing. Uh, I've done two more questions of you. Uh, my next question is that, you know, we, we all of us have people who influence us in our lives. My question is, how have you been shaped by people in your life who have influenced you as a coach today? Mm. There's a there's quite a few. Mm. So there was a really good friend who I've known for almost 20 years. Unfortunately, her and I have parted ways. Mm. But she really instilled with me this idea of polishing the facets of your character. She kept saying that over and over again. I didn't quite understand in my early 20s what that actually meant. Now I'm I'm in my mid 40s. Um, and so that was someone who's very integral. Mm. I would also say my parents to some degree, because even though you know, we all have issues with our parents or some degree have issues, not major ones. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have major ones, thankfully. But they also get they always gave me three tenets that I really um, stick with this mm-hmm. idea of taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. this idea of taking care of your community or people mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. And this idea of love through food, mm-hmm. that food was a way to show love, even though they didn't verbalize love, because in most Asian um um, households, mm. especially the people that I know, they the, uh, parents really didn't express the word "I love you," and that was definitely resonant in my own family. Mm. But um, and then I would probably say the third is really the people that um, have touched me in ways that maybe weren't so obvious, mm. um, like caretakers and nurses and um, bosses and uh, coworkers and friends from college who really shaped my idea that the world is greater than we see in our narrow view. Mm. If we just open ourselves to experience these things, either through travel or through reading or through books or now through courses and videos, um, it's really about um, pushing me to become more aware as a person and to be more realized as a person as well. Mm. Wonderful. And my last question, Savio, and this for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. You know, most of the people who would be hearing us or you know, people I would know or you would know would have come in contact with someone who has faced the big C. Uh, What would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away when they are informed about somebody having cancer or they get to know about somebody having cancer? 
So I would say if it's someone that you know who has cancer, whether it's a loved one or a family member or anyone else, a coworker, I think really the first thing to do is to really say, is to be really vulnerable and mm -hmm. to be really empathetic and to mm -hmm. say, listen, I probably have no idea what you're going through, mm -hmm. but is there something that I can do to help mm -hmm. ease the confusion or the burden? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's number one is to have that conversation. Because if you don't converse, then they don't know that you are there Correct. for them. Correct. So, and it can't, it doesn't have to be so obvious as you want me to take you to the chemo bed. It doesn't have to be that obvious. Absolutely. It could be. Yeah. I would say the second thing is really to say to them, um, because, you know, we learn through other individuals. We mm -hmm. learn through um, seeing, we learn through doing. Mm -hmm. And I think the key there is whatever you're doing, let's say it's from a healthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. you can have them be involved in that. Even if it's not going to help them, it's a distraction against their burden and their mm. worry. So if that's mm. a dance class that you take or a workout class that you take or a jog that you take or a walk that you take, invite them. Mm. Tell them, would you like to join me? Because mm. sometimes you don't always have to talk about the big C when Get you're it. around someone who has the big C or who's going through the big C. Mm. So that I would say number two is that. And I think the third one is really to have them. I think you should, I think you should challenge them a little bit mm. to figure out for themselves not why cancer came into their lives, because none of us can figure that out. Mm. But to really say to them, now that cancer did come into your life, mm. what is it that you want to do about it? And mm. I know it sounds silly, mm. but I think most of the time, and I can speak from this perspective as a cancer survivor, interviewing 200 cancer survivors, yeah. seeing cancer survivors, right? Yeah. And actually, actually knowing cancer patients, I had four roommates in my 15 days in the hospital. Mm. So I think really the challenge is, is to say to them, okay, now that you have cancer, right? What are your plans? What mm. are your goals? Like, mm. what is it that you want to create? And it sounds silly, but if you don't have those, you can mm. never reach those. So, right. so it's to some degree, it's like reverse engineering. What is it you want your life to be? We mm. all know you have to go into treatment. We all know you might get radiation or chemo. Fine. What are the other things you can do? Mm. Either that's lifestyle changes or because- like I tell people a hundred times, healing doesn't always take place in the doctor's office. Mm. Healing doesn't always takes place in the chemo bed. Healing mm. doesn't always takes place in the radiation. Mm. Healing takes place in every way. And it's your job to go high and low and to search for that, no matter where it leads you, mm. because healing is the only thing that can get you back to not only who you are as a person, but what is it you want to achieve as a person in this world? How well said this is. Thank you for such a great response. And on that note, Savio, and your three amazing lessons, and I think I relate with each of them so, so closely. Your first one you said was be vulnerable and be empathetic and offer to help. I've often heard people say that, should I speak to them about cancer? And I always tell them, unless you talk, you will never be able to understand what they are going through. Number two is you said involve them in your lifestyle, take them, ask them to join you for a walk or whatever else that you're doing. And third one you said was challenge them to talk about their own plans, their own goals, because unless they have goals and plans, what are they going to do next? Thank you so much for speaking to me, Savio, about your journey, about all that you went through as a cancer survivor. Thank you for all that you are doing for so many different people and supporting them. Uh, I didn't get a chance to speak to you about your book, but I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Savio Clementi's book on Amazon. I'm going to check it out as well. But thank you again for speaking to me and good luck.
Thank you so much, Ashutosh. I really appreciate it. And for all those listeners, you can find all the information at thehumanresolve.com and all my socials at The Human Resolve. And I'm also doing a TED Talk very soon. So I'm announcing it on your show. Um, it should be uh, it should be out very soon. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.